God is a God of order. The devil is the Lord of chaos. It is our role as mothers to provide an environment conducive to showing our kids who God really is. Part of the reason I started this podcast, other than the simple fact that God told me to, (laughs) is that I want other moms to know the freedom that comes with order. There is freedom in living in a godly way, and order is part of that. Let's dive in today to find out how we can help our children to grow up to know what it is to live in a chaos-free and orderly environment. Hey mama, welcome to Restored Mama. Do you wish your days didn't go by in a blur because you are so busy? Ready to kill it as a homeschool mom trying to juggle home, family, and business as well? Does it feel like you're just trying to survive the day until you put your kids to bed? Do you need a time management strategy to balance it all? Hey, I'm Jen. I too was a mom that was trying to do it all but accomplishing nothing. I too felt worn out and drained and wished for freedom and balance in my life. I wanted to enjoy life and live out the calling God placed on me, but I kept telling myself life was always going to be this busy and I would never escape being that hot mess mom who lost her identity to motherhood until I found structure and time management strategies that actually work. In this podcast, you will find ways to prioritize to help you balance it all, learn habits to bring ease in your day, God-centered conversations to help you focus on what is really important and ways to enjoy motherhood so that you will be able to go to bed feeling accomplished and loving life again. Warm up that cold coffee, kick up your feet. You deserve a break. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. Order implies a neat and logical organization of items, of tasks, and people. When a room is in order, it's been tidied and cleaned. Everything's in its place. You don't have these random things all over. In God's universe, it is orderly. He created everything in an orderly fashion in a six-day time frame that set the world as we know it in order. He created the sun and the moon and the stars to regulate the time and seasons and the heavenly bodies to operate with precise predictability. God's creation of time is a whole nother indication of his orderliness. God exists outside of time as we know it. But he created time as a way for earth to mark changes. Time is orderly, it's sequential, and it doesn't vary based on anything that we can control. Time is time, and there is no changing it. Since God is a God of order, we should be too. We were created to think in orderly ways, to reason, to judge, to consider all aspects of a matter. God wants us to come and reason together, as Isaiah 1.18 says. God enjoys our communion with him, our questions. He wants us to study his word and our willingness to let him bring order to our chaotic thoughts. The more like him we come, the more orderly our lives will be because he's a God of order and we were created in his image. I read a scientific research article called The Relationship Between Household Chaos and Child, Parent, and Family Outcomes, a Systematic Scoping Review. It said household chaos represents the level of disorganization or environmental confusion in the family home, and it's characterized by high levels of background stimulation, lack of family routines, absence of predictability and structure in daily lives, and an overly fast-paced family life. Importantly, the construct of household chaos has been associated with a diverse range of adverse childhood outcomes, including poorer social-emotional functioning, cognitive development, academic achievement, and behavioral problems. In other words, if you have a chaotic home, things are not going to be going well for your child outwardly either. 
they're not going to be functioning as well socially or emotionally or mentally in school or behaviorally. They're just, they're going to have some problems that they wouldn't have if there were order in the home. So how can we bring order to our lives? How can we bring order to our kids' lives? The majority of my podcast is devoted to bringing order into our lives through systems and routines and time management, along with a little sprinkling of other things as God leads me. But there are some specific things that can help us moms to to bring order into our world and to our kids' world. Because God is a God of order and he created humans in his image, we need structure and order as well. That's why we may not understand when it's happening, but that's why when there's an order, is is that a word, and chaos and poor time management and disorder, there's the, there it is. We feel chaotic and messy and it's hard to function when there's disorder around. It's because God created us for order. It's the same for our kids. They may not realize it, but they need structure and routines and lines drawn for them and boundaries because they were created in the image of God too. So let's show our children. Let's show this next generation how to live a godly, orderly life so they can live in the freedom that goes with it. One of the first things that I would recommend, if you haven't already, to bring a little more order into your home is bedtime and routine around bedtime. I worked for a youth housing facility here in Idaho for youth that needed a temporary place to live. These kids didn't have a home or they were in the foster care system or they were causing problems for their parents and their parents just couldn't handle it. So they would send it, send them to us. And what I saw as a result of these kids who didn't have structure and order in their home. And I, I can't think of a single one that had a reasonable order and structure. I can think of some that there was way too much. And I can think of a whole bunch that there was none. And either end of the spectrum, what I saw as a result were kids that had a really difficult time, especially when it came to bedtime. Now, some of them had a more difficult time because of some trauma that had happened to them around bedtime. But a lot of it was just because they didn't grow up with a routine and a system or having to go to bed at a specific time. When it came to bedtime, it was complete chaos in that house. And when I saw this happen with those kids, I promised myself I would never do that. I would never let that happen to my kids. And I would teach others so it didn't happen to their kids. Because a lot of these kids, some of the parents just didn't care, but some of them didn't know. Maybe, I don't know all of their home lives, but maybe they didn't have somebody to teach them. And so they didn't know any better when it came to them raising their kids. You don't know their situation, but I do know that there was no order and structure. If left to their own devices, these kids would stay up all night if they could. And that could happen with your kids if you don't have a structure and order around bedtime. So what we do around bedtime, I think I've already done an episode on this already earlier, but what we do around bedtime is every kid has their bedtime. The teenagers, they're on their own, but the younger ones, the 10-year-old, the two-year-old, and the five-month-old even, we have a bedtime and they have a routine and they have a system that they follow before they go to bed. So they know, like Georgia, she knows that when it comes eight o'clock, whatever she's doing, it's done. And she gets in the bathroom, she brushes her teeth, she washes her face, 
She got her ears pierced, so she has to clean her ears. She does all the other things that she needs to do, brush her hair. So she has that routine. And then she goes in her room and she gets her jammies on. And then she's allowed to hang out for an hour, but she has to go to bed by 9 p.m. That's her bedtime. And there's no electronics. She can read, she can play, she can draw, she can color, she can do anything like that, but there's no electronics for that hour. And then there's James, the two-year-old. He, his bedtime is seven. So by seven o'clock, whatever we're doing, TV goes off and electronics goes off. Toys are put away. By seven, everything has to be done, including if if he was playing with toys, they have to be already picked up and put away by seven o'clock. Now he's two, so we have to prompt him. We have to remind him, okay, we have 15 minutes. It's time to start cleaning up the toys and let him know what's going on and prepare him because he has no concept of time at two years old. And then at seven o'clock, I'll take him in and brush his teeth. Now, a little confession here. It might be a little before seven and we're tired and I want him in bed. Since he doesn't know what time is yet, I might tell him, okay, it's time to get ready for bed. He doesn't realize. He doesn't know. And I'm going to take advantage of that until he does know how to tell time. We'll take him into the bathroom, brush his teeth, wash his face, clean him up, then take him to his room. And we have a whole routine when we get into his room. We read a story, we pray, and he loves this routine, even if he doesn't want to go to bed. Like he's gotten in this stage where we say, okay, it's time for bed. And he says no and shakes his head and really doesn't want to go to bed. The moment I say, okay, let's go read a book. He gets so excited. He loves going in his room and doing his bedtime routine. And it is a breeze to get him into bed. It's super easy. And because we've laid all that groundwork since he was just an infant, all we have to do is do this routine, put him in his crib. So we put him in his crib and he just might play with the stuffed animals for a little bit. And then he just drifts off to sleep. And it's so nice. And we started this with Caleb. He's only five months old, but I sleep trained him. And now he just, he might cry for a couple minutes, but he goes straight to bed. We do our little mini routine, basically the same thing that we do with James, just in a shorter version, because he is a lot younger. And then I put him in his crib and I leave the room and he goes to sleep and sleeps through the night. He does wake up for an early morning feed, but otherwise he sleeps through the night. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, well, I have an infant, there's no way I can do that because I can't get him to go to sleep or... I have to sit there and lay with my kid until he falls asleep and then I fall asleep and how it's just impossible for us. I have a solution for you. Just simply go to bit.ly slash sleep train for mama and that'll take you to my link for the taking care of babies course that I have recommended multiple times already and I highly recommend her. She is amazing. She can teach you all you need to know, to be able to get your child, whether an infant or a toddler, she can help you get them to sleep, sleep through the night, get them to go to bed easily. She's just spectacular. I can't talk her up enough. So go to bit.ly slash sleep train for mama. And I have it linked in my show notes as well. If you begin to create order around bedtime, it's going to be easier for you. It's going to be easier for your kids. And it's also going to teach your children to grow up with a healthy mindset around bedtime and to enjoy bedtime. And this is crucial for every stage of our life. If you aren't having a routine around bedtime, that's something that you need to begin to implement right away. And then you can work on your kids. But a bedtime routine is crucial. 
It's going to be hard at first. It's going to be hard for you. It's going to be hard for your kids, but you can do this. It's going to be totally worth it in the end. All right. I talked enough about bedtime. You can tell how passionate I am about a routine for bedtime. It has saved our entire family. But number two is meals on time and together. So you should have your meals set at a specific time and you should have them together. Now, this isn't going to happen every single night. Let's just be realistic. We all have things going on. We all have busy lives. That's why we're here. (laughs) But it's important to at least have that consistency for your kids. If you don't have that consistency, then it's really hard for them to know what to expect. And without knowing what to expect, it can feel chaotic. If you don't already have this in place, just start off with three nights a week. And then you can do that consistently. Do four nights a week. Then add a fifth night. And then two nights, you can do something different. But those four, five, six nights a week, whatever it ends up being, your kids know by 6 p.m., dinner's on the table, and we eat as a family. No technology, phones are away from the table, TV's off, and we sit and we eat together. So why is that so important? Communication happens around meals. I don't know if you've noticed, but when your child, especially if they're a little bit older, if they have food in front of them, they're a little bit more happy. (laughs) Mine sure are. All of them are a lot more happy with food. If we're all sitting at the table, really good conversation can start to happen. We pray before our meal and we sit and we eat together. Now, there are some nights we don't, especially my college student. She's here very rarely for dinner, maybe a couple nights a week. And we always have food left for her so she knows she can come home. And there, if she does come home that evening, there is food for her, even if she wasn't here during dinner time. So she knows what to expect as well. But all the other kids know... 5.30, 6, sometimes 6.30, depending on the meal, depending on how the night went. But there's, it's always between that 5.30 and 6.30 mark. We have dinner. TV goes off if the TV was on. And we sit at the table and we eat together. And it has provided that consistency for them. They know what to expect. And it is an enjoyable time. This doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be perfect. It can be spaghetti. It can be anything. Very basic. Your kids don't need anything special. It can be a frozen meal that you reheated. They don't need it fancy. They just need you. They need that connection and they need that consistency. If it's a busy season, like I said, don't have it every single night, but it needs to be attempted at least. Wednesday nights, we go to church as long as kids are not sick. We've had sickness kind of going through our house, so we haven't been there for a couple weeks. But we have to leave at six o'clock if we're going to be at church that Wednesday night. And so usually it's a I have some food ready and people eat when they want it. And as long as we're ready to leave the house at six, you can eat whenever. So we're not eating together at the table that night. And we know that, but that's also another consistency. The kids know what to expect for Wednesday nights. Maybe you have a Friday movie night. You sit and you watch a movie together and eat dinner out in the living room. And it can be a fun, exciting time for the kids. As long as they have consistency and that family dinner movie night is not every night. This is going to give you consistency, it'll give you structure, it'll set those expectations for the kids, and it gives you bonding time with your kids that maybe you're missing. It's amazing what can happen to a relationship over a meal. Number three is regular routines. I talk about routines all the time. We need routines, and our kids need them too. So just create those regular routines throughout your day that your kids can expect. 
if your kids go to school, that routine in the morning, they know what's going to happen. They know what to expect. Routine when you pick them up from school, routine when you get home for dinner, routine for bed. If you homeschool, routines during the day for school, for lunch, for all the things in between. Number four is chores. I'll talk at a later date on chores. I'm actually redoing the way we do chores here at our house because it just wasn't working. And I don't want to talk to you about a system that isn't working for us. So I'm creating something new. So eventually after I've practiced it, tested it, made sure it works and functions well, I will bring that to you guys. In the meantime, just make sure your kids have some chores. Whether it's a day-to-day thing, they know that they're responsible for something. Mom's going to ask me to do something today and I'm going to need to do it. There's some consistency that they pitch in around the house. Number five is make sure that the kids have some stability. They can trust that they're going to be able to be in their home. They're not going to get kicked out of their home because mom and dad pay the rent, mom and dad pay the mortgage. There's stability. There's always going to be food on the table. They know that they're going to be able to eat. They know that they're going to be able to do the things that they need to do. They're going to have the things that they need. They're not going to be lacking those essentials. Stability that their mom is there, stability that their dad is there, and maybe you're a single parent household and that's okay. I've been there. I know how that is, but they have the stability that you are there and they can trust that you're going to be there for them. That stability is essential for a child to feel like their home is in order and chaos free. Number six is organization. You need to have organization in the kids' rooms. You need to have organization in the house. Your kids need to be able to find things and know that they have clean clothes and where those clothes are going to be located. They don't have to dig through the the pile of clean clothes that's sitting on the chair. If you have trouble with that, listen to my laundry episode. I have a whole system for how we keep laundry done in the home. But not just laundry. Things need to have a place. Everything should have a place. And this doesn't mean it needs to happen tomorrow. If you don't have organization in your home, it's going to take some time to get there. Just take it one step at a time. But having an organized home, organized room for your child where they can find things and know where things are is going to help reduce that chaos feeling immensely. Number seven is less noise. I talked about noise in one of the more recent episodes, and that same goes for your kids. They need to be able to be still and know how to be bored so they they can sit in quiet and silence and learn how to silence the noise around them. Excessive noise is overstimulation. And I go into detail in this episode, so I'm not going to talk too much about it. But that overstimulation can cause a chaotic feeling for both parents and children. And if you want your kids to feel like their home is not chaotic, then you need to be able to facilitate some quiet time for your kids as well. Number eight is involved parents. Make sure your kids have some involved parents. If you're a single parent household, you be involved as much as you can. I know you're you're busy. You're super busy and you have so many roles and responsibilities and maybe getting involved in things in your kids' lives seems like one more thing that you just don't have time for. But just imagine what that can do for your kid. It gives them that security, that stability that I talked about earlier, and it helps them to feel that they have a parent who cares. And that is above all going to help them feel that things are a little less chaotic for them. And then number nine is reduce the clutter. This goes a little bit along with organization, but you can have a completely organized home and there's clutter. There's things all over. Even though it might have a place and it's a little more organized and orderly, there's things all over. And just everywhere you look, there's something. 
If you reduce the clutter, it's going to help reduce the chaos feeling tenfold. Clutter in your home produces clutter in your mind, which produces that chaotic feeling. So do what you can to reduce clutter. And just like the organization, if you have a cluttered home, it's going to take some time. It's not going to happen overnight. So just take it one step at a time. I have some episodes coming up. I've already recorded them on organization and reducing clutter. So stay tuned. It will be coming and they are going to help you be able to organize and reduce your clutter in half the time that it may have taken you otherwise. So stay tuned for those episodes. Let's take these nine tips and live in a way that shows our kids how freeing order can be. It's amazing what can happen in your life when you have just a little bit more order. God, I pray for the mamas listening right now that you would just give them a peace and a calmness in their spirit, wisdom as they venture out to bring more order into their home and into their kids' lives and show them what it is that they need to do in their home and in their lives to help their kids feel more stable and more secure. If there is clutter in their homes that they need to reduce, bring that to their attention. Let them see that. Give them patience with their kids as they try to implement these new routines and systems into their home. It's going to be hard for them. It's going to be hard for their kids, but I pray that you would just give these mamas patience and a newfound passion for your presence in their home, a newfound passion for being involved in their kids' lives. And that wouldn't feel like another chore, another thing that they have to do, but it would be something that they wake up longing and excited to do. Thank you, God, for all that you have in store for these mamas and for their families and for their homes. Thank you for bringing peace and order into their homes. And I pray for a new joy and excitement and just a renewed life and energy in these mamas' lives as they go into their day and into their week. Thank you, God, for all you have planned, all you have in store, and for always providing what we need. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. If you liked the episode, please take a moment to leave a review. This helps to get Restored Mama out there into the world to help more mamas like you find the joy and freedom in the restoration God has waiting for them. If you liked Mama's show, leave a review. It will help her get seen. I would love to hear your story, where you're at, and what you're hoping to learn and gain from Restored Mama. Send me an email at restoredmamapodcast at gmail.com to fill me in on your journey. I can't wait to hang out with you again next time. Until then, I hope this has blessed you today, and I can't wait to see what God is going to do in your life.